Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. A lot can happen between falling in love with a house online and owning it. Between imagining living there and breathing in your new home for the first time. Having an advocate who can help you navigate the complex world of financing, inspections, negotiating, analyzing the market, and talking through any anxieties that may pop up, that can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors and bound by a code of ethics. Because that's who we are. Welcome to the Pro Basketball Talk podcast. I'm Dan Feldman with Kurt Heelan. We're wrapping up the 2022 NBA draft, and it feels like days ago now with with all the action of the draft. Uh, the Magic took Paulo Banquero number one uh, in a in a pick that nobody outside of the gamblers in Las Vegas saw coming. And then after uh, we were told it's not coming, not even the gamblers in Las Vegas saw it coming, but apparently they did see it coming. Uh, how surprised were you? that Bancaro went number one, and perhaps more importantly, why did the Magic do this? Why did they, uh, you know, disguise so much their pick, have everybody believing it would be Jabari Smith with that top pick? What was the point of this? First off, I was pretty impressed with the level of deception in Spokescreen, that, that, that they were able to pull that off was, and have, I mean, the, the full-time draft followers, people from other teams who were, you know, consulting. Like, everybody, I think, I don't, everybody thought it was, including, you know, a definitive Adrian Wojnarowski tweet earlier in the day. Like, everybody thought it was going to be Jabari Smith. They did, it is an impressive smokescreen. The why is a really good question that I don't, I mean, I get why you want to disguise what you're doing at, maybe at number two or three, right? But, hey, you got the first pick. Like, if you want Banquero, nobody's stopping you from getting Banquero. Like, I'm not quite sure what the motivation for deception is there because um, they don't have another – they didn't have, like, pick four, pick six. You know, it's like they had two high picks. I Did, did you – can you discern a motivation there? Um, You know, I mean, maybe to try and tempt a trade – that that uh you know yeah. if there's a team that that wants Smith if you think there's more demand there I don't know uh the best I can gather is they want to operate secretively just in principle this is just how they want to be and maybe took a little bit of pride in duping everybody and that was it uh they you know maybe even a test run for when it does matter can they keep things secret uh, do they have leaks uh you know a lot of teams want to operate this way and can't uh, the magic showed they can. Yeah. And by the way, do you think they got the best player? I do not. Um, one last thing on the secrecy. This was the organization under previous management that posted, that had that photo posted of like their, their trade board or a free agency board, their yeah. targets, uh, quite a different regime now. Uh, no, I did not think Paulo Banquero was the best player. Uh, I have my draft board posted at pro basketball talk. 
uh, on the website. Uh, I had Bancaro third on my board. I had uh, Jabari Smith and Chet Holmgren both in the top tier, which means you could take either one depending on fit. And I came very close to Bancaro um, cracking that top tier, but I just didn't quite think he was on the level as a prospect of those other two. Uh, but I do think if you did have him there, there's a good case he would be the best fit on the Magic among those three. I, I think he does. I would argue he has the highest floor of those three, and maybe maybe that's what they were thinking because I he's going to walk in the door and be able to score. He like he, he can shoot the ball from the outside. He's look we saw to do like he's got an NBA body. He, he can score at three levels. Like there's questions about his game, but I don't question that he is going to be an effective NBA player and just being able to put up points. I don't know that he has the the high end potential of of like you said. I would have I would have taken Smith. I'm a little leery on Holmgren, um, and part of that's just I'm not quite sure what he looks like. You know, like not what he looks like, but what he I, I'm sometimes untrustworthy of uh, guys who don't fit an archetype, who don't fit a style, and I'm not sure where he goes. But I. I don't know. I guess maybe this was the high floor pick. I do agree, though, that with the way this roster is built out and having Jonathan Isaac, Cole Anthony, Franz Wagner, A, that's a they're a big, long team. They are a tall team. And they needed some offensive scoring punch. And Boncaro's the one guy. I, Smith, again, may be better at this in a few years, but Boncaro can walk in the door and put up, put up points. Yes, yes. And as the creation as a passer to, um, you know, all all these long, maybe leaning toward defense guys, he definitely adds an element there where I don't think Jabari Smith has that shot creation. You know, that's what separates Boncaro is is he can create shots for himself, create shots for others. I think you're a little bit higher on his shooting than I am. That can develop, that can come around. Um, I'm just not quite as convinced that, that that's something you can take for granted. Uh, with him. Uh, Jabari Smith has that shooting, but he needs a little more help to be set up. And so uh, I do think the fit is better. Uh, I just, what worries me about Boncaro is mainly defensively. Uh, He was so passive at Duke. Maybe his effort will be better in the NBA. Maybe that environment wasn't conducive to to getting the best out of him. It seems like he should be a better defender as an athlete, but I didn't even see flashes from him defensively. Um, so it's going to be on, on some of these other, these teammates, these long teammates that you just mentioned, uh, maybe to cover for him. Uh, I think he's going to have to play with a center. I, I think it's just going to be yeah. too damaging defensively to put him at center, even though it could be some real special things. If he could be your center offensively, maybe this means Mo Bamba is coming back. He's going to be a, a free agent, probably restricted for Orlando. They have Wendell Carter. Like they're, they're a team that, that he fits in fine with. I just wouldn't be so concerned about fit. Uh, if you want to say Boncaro is the best player in this draft, and that's why you took him the best prospect in this draft, that's fine. I slightly disagree, but I can see that. I do have a slight concern that the magic overemphasized fit. I agree. I agree. By the way, I we'll see how much... Bamba is around. I, th- I got a feeling Carter is their five that they're going to lean on in the future. We'll 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 see what direction they end up going. By the way, with Holmgren, I think you and I and everyone kind of agree Oklahoma City was the best fit for him, right? Like that's a place he can be without pressure. He gets to play with Shea Gilgis and Alexander, and then who can help takes 
he, he takes some of the shot creation, ball handling pressure. He doesn't have to walk in the door and create a bunch of shots, which is not something he'd had to do at Gonzaga either. A lot of, um, so I, that's a, there's not pressure on that team to win in the next year or two. And it gives him a chance to develop. Yeah. I don't see much pressure on the magic to win quickly or the rockets to win quickly. Uh, so I, I'm not sure if it matters much there. Yeah. You know, I, I think he's going to be who he's going to be in all of those. So if you were the Thunder, would you have taken uh, Chet or Jabari Smith number two after the, the surprise with Boncaro? That's a good question. I've always been a little higher on Jabari. Uh, yeah, me too. Uh, just slightly. And so I probably would have done that. But um, clearly, Presti had Holmgren on top of his board and then because um, I'm going to assume Bon Carroll wasn't there and took him and Presti's been right a lot. So um, I, I'm willing to cut, you know, that we'll give him that benefit of the doubt. I, 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 I think their development program could be good for him. And that's, that's an interesting team um, coming together, but it, that was, that was the start of the surprises. I, I would not, not Holmgren, but I, Boncaro going first was the start of the surprises. But the next surprises to me were that there weren't moves at four and seven. Yeah, so the, the Thunder uh, had three first-round picks. Uh, in addition to getting Holmgren, they also got Usman Jang in a trade with the Knicks that yeah. I want to talk more about in a little bit. They also got Jalen Williams, not to be confused with Jalen Williams, who they drafted in the second round. Two Jalen Williams, different spellings on Jalen uh, that's going to be fun in Oklahoma City. And that leaves Jabari Smith, number three, to the Rockets. Uh, I think it's an easier fit. The Rockets have that that shot creation on the perimeter and Jalen Green, who came on at the end of the year. They have some creation ability from Alper and Shangoon on the yeah. interior, and Jabari Smith can fit right between them. Yeah, and I, I no, I'm with you. I think that he walks in and gives, gives them a little defense, gives them – um, a guy who can shoot the rock. And uh, again, I think it's a pretty good fit there. So after those top three, that was generally the consensus top three. Real interesting uh, decision by the Kings. Um, and we can talk about this pick. We can, talk, we can go some different directions. But here's the question I do want to ask you. Uh, we spend all this time leading up to the draft, ranking players, ranking prospects. Again, my tiered draft board is on the website. You can probably look at that and look at what slot each player went and get a good idea of what I thought of each pick. But one thing I'm always curious about in the draft, who is a good fit? Who is a bad fit? Sometimes it works out that I think generally, uh, this, this is why I have the tier system, is to allow a little bit of leeway, but generally teams should take the best prospect available. Drafting is so hard. Take the player who you think is best and then try to make it work. If you're tr- leaning too much on fit, that's where you're going to run into problems. But once you do that, some guys do fit better than others. So I'm curious, who stands out to you in this draft as particularly good fits on their new team? Uh, I had uh, I had five. I really thought this was a draft where there were a lot of players who ended up in places where they're good fits. Um, but who who stood out to you in that regard? Uh, we'll start off with Ivy. Um, I, yep. That, yep. That was uh, that he fell to the Pistons at five. Um, I think it's just a boon for Detroit. Um, now you've got Jalen Ivey and Cade Cunningham as potentially your backcourt of the future for the next 10 years. Ivy brings Cunningham is a, it's not like he's not athletic. He is a number one pick, but uh, his game is a little more 
craft and mm-hmm. Ivy comes in, can play off the ball, but his skill is also an insanely quick first step and an ability to blow by guys. Um, I think eventually that they combo they, or they pair really well together. Um, they are going to, they drafted a center, but they obviously have a lot of money. If they bring in DeAndre Ayton, suddenly, I mean, suddenly that's a young and kind of interesting team, Dan. Yes, it is. Um, you got to downgrade the odds a little bit of them going after eight and after trading for uh, the number 13 pick, Jalen Duran, yeah. uh, center from Memphis. Still possible. I wouldn't uh, rule out Aiden personally, but also I wouldn't like Duran enough to to go get him in that draft slot. So if they like him on that level, I'm guessing that probably means no Aiden, but maybe that means somebody like Miles Bridges. The Detroit still has that cap space to go after somebody and upgrade this young core. Uh, maybe it's Jalen Brunson. Different options out there. I'm with you. I love Jaden Ivey's fit with with uh, Cade Cunningham because I- Ivey's got this great first step. He can just attack the basket. Uh, well, Cunningham, with his shooting, is going to provide some space. And Ivey has such a long way to go as re- as a floor general, as, as seeing you know, as his court vision and making those passes. Yeah. He doesn't need to be a great passer because of, of the attention he's going to draw with his quick first step, but he needs to be a good enough passer. He's not quite there. So I think the two of them can play off each other real well. I'm curious in the long run, you know, who's considered more of the point guard, who's considered more of the shooting guard. It really could be more of an old school balance situation, like two combo guards, but I think this is a situation where it could work. At Delta, we know Mike NHC prefers reality TV to reality. So we provide more than 1,000 hours of in-flight entertainment. On the next flight, 8C is Mandy, a foodie. So we offer all types of food options. Because at Delta, everyone flies their own way. Delta, keep climbing. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s. 1975, to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. It's one thing falling in love with a house, picturing yourself moving in and calling it home, and quite another navigating the world of price negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. An agent who's a Realtor can make understanding that world easier. Realtors have the expertise, access to proprietary data, and tools to help you get from imagining living somewhere to actually doing it. That's the kind of help we can provide. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. The only reason this fell into Detroit's lap is because the Kings took Keegan Murray, number four, who is another player I have high on this list of really good fits. Yeah. The difference is I had Ivy way ahead of Murray on my draft board, or at least a tier ahead of Murray, like a, a good amount. Uh, I think Murray was a reach. I would not have taken him there, but I do acknowledge he's a very good fit in Sacramento. The Kings could use a, a nice, strong forward who can step in, shoot threes, uh, defend his position. Uh, I wouldn't have taken him there. I think it was a mistake, but at least the fit is right. Yeah, especially when you consider that he's playing off of De'Aaron Fox and um, DeMontis Sabonis. The, uh, that's kind of what he did at Iowa, right? The, Iowa's a bit of a system program, mm-hmm. right? Like he, a lot of off-ball work, a lot of movement off the ball, a lot of cutting. Um, Mike Brown comes in as coach from the ultimate off-ball movement team in the NBA. Um, in Or, well, one of them certainly. 
Quinn Snyder's Utah might have been up there, but but Golden State is known for their work off the ball and and finding these cuts and playing this high IQ game. And I think, like you said, I think just the fit is really good. I still think talent wins out, man. Like talent wins out, and I'm with you. I would have taken Ivy over Murray, but I'm for a Sacramento team where these, if not if not outwardly stated, certainly inwardly stated goal is to make the playoffs next year. <laughs> Keegan Murray's a, not a bad, like he's a guy who can come in and play a role at the very least for you. Like he's going to get minutes and, and help them. So um, I'm with you. It's not the guy I would have taken, but the fit makes sense. Would you have taken Ivy? I mean, it's a little yeah. scary because it, it's, that, that would have been a bad fit to me. That would have been okay. I get it. That's probably the guy I would take because the talent is there and I, Again, I'm, I'm leaning more toward the talent, but and I'm not worried about Davian Mitchell. I don't think Davian Mitchell is nearly good enough to pick around. But Darren Fox is a pretty good player, and I don't think Ivy and Fox fit together at all. And so you'd have to figure that out. I'd rather figure that out than have Keegan Murray. Uh, but is, is Ivy who you would have taken? Yeah, and I'm, I'm with you on the fit, but the way we've seen I – mean, f- he came on a little bit at the end of last season, but the way Fox plateaued at points – I'd. I'd rather a either push him because he's now feels somebody coming for his job, or if he's just not that guy, maybe maybe Ivy can pass it. I would like you said. I would rather have two guys really good at doing the same thing and figure it out than mm-hmm. take a lesser player. Um, but I, again, Murray could be very good. We'll see what. It's always a crapshoot with this stuff, right? Like we're all like, I don't know about this. I don't know about that. And then you know talk to us in three years and you know it's i i remember i went back and and uh praised uh praised people for hey, man that's moving up to get markel fultz that was a really smart move <laughs> you're wrong sometimes yes um and, and really the guy i would have taken as the kings is shade and sharp who ended up going seven to the trailblazers i'm really high on him but i don't have all the intel there it is a little scary to take somebody who sat out a year but what i saw from him uh, where he left off when he was last playing. I'm so excited by his game, and I d- you did downgrade him a little because of, of those concerns. Uh, I do have a few more guys who are good fits, and I want to hear if you have anybody else who's a good fit after that. But I'm going to tell you right now, I really just think this draft lined up well, where teams generally got players who fit well into their system, and, and that's probably because they overemphasized fit more than I would have. I don't think it's just like luck that it worked out that way, but I do want to hear, I don't know if I have a name of somebody who doesn't fit well. There's some picks I didn't like because I'm not sure the the talent level w- was in the right spot. But just in terms of fit, I don't have any that I hate. So I'm curious if you do. Uh, but first, let me give you a, a few more that I think are really good fits. Uh, Dyson Daniels went to the Pelicans at number eight. Yes. And Jeremy Sohan went to the Spurs at number nine. And both of them are question mark shooters. They bring other things, length, versatility, defense, some passing. Uh, but they need to develop their their shooting to become really good NBA players. Well, the Pelicans and the Spurs are probably the two best teams at developing shooting. So I think that's great. Uh, Mark Williams went to the Hornets uh, with the number 15 pick. He's a massive center out of Duke. Don't like the pick there in terms of the value, but the fit is right. The Hornets need a, a big man. He yep. can catch catch and finish lobs from, from LaMelo Ball. He'll provide some rim protection that they badly need. And then the last one I had of the first round, I'm going to combine this one with the one in the second, is for the Warriors, Patrick Baldwin. Uh, not super high on him. I had him rated a little lower as a, a mid to, to upper second round pick. Um, he just might not be athletic enough 
to last in the NBA. But in theory, he's tall and can shoot and needs uh, the the environment, the culture, the professionalism, the tenacity that the Warriors can instill. I think if there's a chance for him to work in the NBA, this is the right spot. And even in the second round, uh, the Warriors bought a, the number 44 pick to get Ryan Rollins out of Toledo. And I, I've said, I, I think this draft is similar from about 20 to about 45 which isn't so great for the guys in the 20s, but it's pretty good for the guys in the 40s. And I think the Warriors got real good value by buying in there and getting a player uh, that late in the draft. So now I'm going to turn over to you. Do you have anybody else who stands out to you as a particularly good fit? And do you have anybody who's a bad fit? Because I'm struggling on that one. No, I, I was going to say you stole my one guy with Williams. I really ended up liking San Antonio's draft because there's such a good player development program. You know, the, they've done such a good job with that. And like you said, at number nine, uh, they take Jeremy Shohan out of Baylor. Uh, way down at 20, they got a guy I was sneaky high on just because he can shoot the rock, which is uh, Malachi Burnham out of Ohio State. Me Branham, too. Branham. I, was, I like Branham. Now you've put those two guys in that Spurs system, uh, their development program with, you know, well, Popovich for now and whoever takes over after Popovich, Quinn Snyder. Whoever's <laughs> next, whoever, but I mean, whatever happens next, I, you're not going to really change who the Spurs are. I think they're they're kind of ingrained. Um, I think both of those guys end up being classic Spurs players. Where I don't know how much we see of them this year, but in three years, we're like, man, that was a good pick. Like it, they just they bring them along a little bit slowly, give them a little bit of time, and give them more time and as they can handle it, and uh, they'll thrive. So I I thought this was a smart smart draft by the Spurs. As did I, and I'll throw in one more. Uh, with the number 25 pick, they got Blake Wesley, who yes. I was also on, out of oh, Notre yes. Dame. Um, I like his potential on both ends of the floor. He really moves well. It's like he glides on the court. He gets where he wants very quickly. I think his defense is ahead of his offense. The Spurs do have a lot of shooting guards now, and I, I don't know how they're going to sort this out. They've got Wesley. They've got Branham. Um, they, they have... Uh, Devin Vassell from prior year. They got Josh Primo last year. Uh, it's a lot to sort out. I don't think that's a bad problem because none of these players are sure things, even the ones who are there before. They haven't proven to be sure things. Uh, but you get a bunch of players who seem like they have good talent, the good makeup, uh, are in a good system for, for growing and learning. Uh, you give yourself a chance for them to figure it out. At Delta, we know Mike in 8C prefers reality TV to reality. So we provide more than 1,000 hours of in-flight entertainment. On the next flight, 8C is Mandy, a foodie. So we offer all types of food options. Because at Delta, everyone flies their own way. Delta, keep climbing. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s. 1975, to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. A lot can happen between falling in love with a house online and owning it. Between imagining living there and breathing in your new home for the first time. Having an advocate who can help you navigate the complex world of financing, inspections, negotiating, analyzing the market, and talking through any anxieties that may pop up, that can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors and bound by a code of ethics. Because that's who we are. 
All right. I've tried to warn you. I tried to give you all the chances to to come up with something. Do you have any bad fits? Not really. Um, I'm curious how AJ Griffin fits in with Atlanta. Um, mm-hmm. Look, you can shoot, and let, let's. They can always use shooting, or especially around Trey Young, you know, kicking out. But I also thought they needed defense, and they didn't. They didn't necessarily lean that way. We'll see. Griffin has the tools to be a good defender. They just. Um, they got to work there. Yeah, I'm curious because he's had some health problems going back to high school. Yeah. And and so if he gets healthier, I can see his defense. He's got the the good size for it. He's got the strength. He's just not as agile as you'd like. So is it because of those health problems and it's going to be a long-term thing for, or even a permanent thing? Or can he get past that? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there defensively. That is a question mark. Yeah, so I... But I'm with you. I don't think – I didn't go through this. It's funny. I was trying to put together winners and losers for our post. And they're like, my losers – I don't think there was a team – A, it's all I, – I always feel weird saying that was a terrible pick because uh, rarely – I mean, sometimes we do know um, when the Cavaliers are picking number one and it's not Kyrie or something. We, we, we know. But in general, like, I tend to think you deserve a chance to let guys do it. But I, the, there wasn't – I think if you, Knicks fans were unhappy early on, which is always entertaining. And then I, this draft didn't have I, – I think there was a sense, especially running up and with everything with Kyrie in recent days, that there would be more chaos. And there just – there really wasn't. It was like, you know, we didn't see – um, Rudy Gobert get traded. We didn't see – I was sure John Collins would get traded tonight. John Collins is still a member of the Hawks. I, I'd still be shocked if he is, to, you know, when the season starts. But we didn't see some of the trades um, that I expected. The the biggest name current player to get traded, I, I believe, was D'Anthony Melton. Yes. Uh, from, from the Grizzlies to the 76ers for the number 23 pick. Uh, I really like that trade for the 76ers. I think Melton fits well next to James Harden. I'm assuming James Harden is going to be back. Never should assume, assume, but seems to be trending that way. He and Kyrie uh, are going to go form a team somewhere. Be, be. Maybe they get traded for each other. <laughs> uh, lots of things possible. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I just think Melton, he, he's a defensive first guard uh, who yeah. is maybe a little more point guard size, but doesn't have all the point guard skills. So you're going to have Harden running running the offense from the perimeter in Philadelphia anyway. Uh, Melton can play off the ball and contribute in more subtle ways and take on that tougher defensive assignment. A lot like uh, Patrick Beverly when Beverly and Harden were together yeah. on the Rockets. So I, I, I like that uh, fit a lot for Philadelphia. For what it's worth, I didn't really like David Roddy as a – as the number 23 pick for Memphis. The Grizzlies also pick, pick Jake uh, LaRavia from Wake Forest, number 19, much higher than I had him. I've got athleticism concerns about both, especially LaRavia. Um, you know, maybe it works. I, I, I'm with you on, you uh, know. Roddy, by the way, I'm, I'm sneaky high on Roddy, and maybe it's just because in the finals we watched Grant Williams. Yeah. I, I think that that's the that's – the, Hope. idealized comp for him. Yeah, the, the hope. I He's got to prove he can be that guy because he's not there yet. But um, you can shoot the ball. He's got the long wingspan. He's physical. Like, th- there's some hope that he could be that guy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can squint and see it. I think sometimes uh, it's too easy 
to get caught up in a comparison of like th- that involves the best case scenario. Uh, but sure, that's uh, that is but possible. Yeah, that like, is the best case scenario for sure. Um, you know, another one that I'm not super high, and I thought Johnny Davis to the Wizards was too high for him. I'm it's, not a huge fan of Davis's game. Is, is I think what caught me with that one is that, and as I was trying to write it up, I'm like, he's kind of a point guard, but he's not really a pure point guard. I, I mean, maybe you think he can be a floor general point guard in the NBA, but I'm just, I'm with you. I'm not sure that that was a fit I loved or the guy would have taken there. I don't, you know, I'm, Hey, let's put it this way. I'm happy for Johnny Davis that he got his Taco Bell commercial because I'm not sure he's going to play well enough to get those kind of commercials in the future. <laughs> Yeah, um, I I see him as a shooting guard, so I guess maybe this is the closest one to where the fit isn't good. Obviously, the Wizards have Bradley Beal, are probably planning to still have Bradley Beal. Um, I just, you know, I like Davis's intangibles. He played really hard while carrying a a big load offensively at Wisconsin. Not everybody does that. We just talked about that being an issue with Paulo Boncaro defensively, Um, but I'm just... You know, I'm not sure his shooting is good enough. I'm not sure he can drive to the rim. I I don't think he is the rare player who's going to get by as a mid-range player uh, and shoot efficiently enough that way. Oh, another fit I liked, by the way, um, and we'll see if it pans out, but I'm not super high on Walker Walker Kessler out of Auburn, mm. but Minnesota mm-hmm. taking him to make him a backup five. Behind or starting five. Uh, next, next to Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, are you saying Carl's talent to the towns is a four? Well, I'm, I'm Much saying like this. Tim Duncan was a four. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I Carl Anthony towns is a super talented player. He has been nowhere near good enough as a defensive center to win with in the playoffs, nowhere close. And I, there's going to be problems that come with moving him to power forward. If that's what you do, but that might be the lesser of two evils. Cause I do think the Timberwolves are too far down the road of, of building with, I almost said around, but I think they're probably building around Anthony Edwards now. Uh, but building with Carl Anthony Towns is their number two and has been their number one guy, you know, as a franchise centerpiece. So if you have him and he's got great talent, like I'm not just trying to dump him by any means. And if you're building around him, I don't know. It might be better off with him as a power forward. I can't believe you didn't mention D'Angelo Russell as one of their core guys. <laughs> Dan. <laughs> I don't know. What do you, what do you think? Do you think uh, Kessler and Towns, it, let's just say Kessler pans out because okay. I'm actually fairly high on him. If he doesn't pan out, he doesn't pan out. It doesn't matter. But let's just say he becomes, you know, the rim running protect rib protecting big man. Yeah. Right. Do you, do you, th- what do you think of him as a pairing with Towns? It could work. Um, you've, I mean, Kessler is not going to space the floor and, Mm-hmm. The way Anthony Edwards slashes, I don't want him clogging the lane. Yeah, but um, but it, it, let's put it this way: it's certainly something you can experiment with because Towns certainly spaces the floor, so you still get some of that. So I, you know, you can slot him, you can slide Kessler into the dunker spot, and and let him finish lobs, and so maybe it does work. You know, you'd, I'd, you'd have to see it, but it. That's why there's 82 games, Dan. It's not just to make money. Well, it's mostly, <laughs> mostly to make money. But it's also like for coaches, it's a chance to experiment and try stuff and, and see. You've got to, especially Minnesota with Finch, I think you have a pretty creative offensive mind. 
Yes, yes. Um, I mean, even a decent outcome for the Timberwolves might be, all right, Kessler is not perfect there, but he's he's good enough to to show the Timberwolves how it works with Towns in another center. Like, do you want to yeah. go find one? Because, all right, use the 22 pick or, or uh, 21st pick, whatever it was, uh, 22, to, to get somebody. That's much cheaper than trading for Clint Capella, for example, well, uh, on his contract. You know that they're serious about thinking about this, not just because they drafted Kessler, but there are actual conversations about Rudy Gobert, mm-hmm. uh, who yeah. is the, the ultimate version of the defensive rim running center right now. Um, I, I don't see how Minnesota makes that work financially. Like that's just too big a contract. Um, with go for people who don't know, Gobert's got like I think it's four years, one forty left, hundred and forty million. He makes a lot of money, um, but that they're having that conversation makes you think that they're thinking they need a, whether it's a defensive four or defensive five, they need a rim protecting guy in there. And as far as Anthony Edwards, I hear you on clogging the spacing for his drives. It would be better if it's optimally spaced, but he is, he is so talented. He's such a good driver. He can handle physicality. Um, maybe it's worth the trade-off of getting more defense on the court. And just telling Anthony Edwards, like, this is what we're paying you for. This is what we're expecting you to be, the type of player who can drive through a bit of a crowd anyway. It's not going to be a perfect setup for you, but you're so good you can handle it because we need to get a defensive player on the court. Yeah, and I... I think we can safely say he would he would welcome that challenge. That that he's willing to take on. He uh, he is not afraid to play in a crowd. Was there anybody who fell, uh, who surprised you, who you know who you either either because you expected them to go higher, uh, just in terms of your sense of what the league liked, or because you personally liked them much more and they and they fell. Um, I, there was, and now I'm trying to go through my little list because it's, I'm after, by the time you get to this point in the night, you're like, they all blend. Um, who did I think dropped farther than they should have? And, um, now going blank on the name. Oh, well, you know, it was Dallas got Jaden Hardy in the second round mm-hmm. and I'm, uh, look, bet really great handles can create a little bit. There's a lot of questions still there as a. He's got to clean up his shot selection, um, but he took a step forward with the with the G League Ignite last year, and I I just thought with his size and skill level, I just kind of thought he wouldn't six four guard. I, I just thought he'd be gone earlier. I thought somebody would have taken a chance on him earlier. I think it's a a good get by Dallas that late. Uh, he and EJ Liddell out of Ohio State are, are yeah, two the, of the Liddell. The- yeah. Those are two players that I was very low on, and I can't believe the league generally was even lower. Um, so, yeah, those, those both surprised me. Hardy was not good, I didn't think, in the G League. Uh, I think he was really bad. But at his age, you know, that's not the end of the world. Like you said, he does have that that skill set where, you know, I would have taken a chance a little bit higher. Um, Ty Ty Washington going 29 uh, ends up going to the Rockets. I thought that was a little low for him. Guard out of Kentucky. Yeah. Uh, I just figured a guard out of Kentucky. Like I'm not super high on him. If 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 I didn't know where he played or any of the that context, I probably would have had him around that range, maybe slightly higher, but around that range. Uh, but I just gave him a bump because he's a guard from Kentucky. And how many times do we have to underestimate them and and that system to believe there's something there? Tyler Hero, Therese Maxey, Emmanuel Quickly, Devin Booker. Booker went a little higher, but 
like all outperformed their. Uh, that's the ones off the top of my head who outperformed their draft standing. Out of and I, like there's something, there's something about the guards there and the way Calipari uses them that just holds them back. And and honestly, I think it's other positions too. I I don't think Bam Adebayo got to yeah. show his near full complement of what he could do. I don't even think Carl Anthony Towns he ended up going number one, obviously, but I don't think he came close to showing yeah. all that he could do at Kentucky. I, I just think uh, whether it's a combination of players develop so well there and they're prepared for the pros or are curtailed in some way, a lot of Kentucky guys outperform their draft slots. Yeah, you, you absolutely, and Ty Ty could be. Could be the next one there. And by the way, again, that's a good pick in terms of, hey, does Houston need more guards? Not necessarily, but if he's your top guy on the board, take him, figure it out later. Yep, yep. Um, and they even traded to to get him there. I So many trades. I believe they actually traded down to get him there. So yes, it was, they did. They yes. did. Um, this Knicks trade, uh, the Knicks made... It sounds like two trades, trades can get combined. I don't know what the exact number to put on this trade is. It could be more than two. could be less than two. But there was a trade or trades involving the Knicks. They ended up trading their own pick, uh, which was number 11 to the Thunder. That's Usman Jang. And they got three protected first-round picks. And then to make it uh, a bigger deal or a second deal, uh, the Knicks, to dump Kemba Walker's salary, clear some cap space, uh, sent... Kemba Walker to the Pistons uh, and roped in Charlotte and the Pistons get Jalen Duran with the number 13 pick. What do you think of that trade uh, for the Knicks? Because they're the big market team. But if you want to add any thoughts on the Pistons, Hornets and even Thunder, love to hear them. I I thought first off, I think Duran could be a a good get for for Charlotte um, at that for point. Detroit. I mean, I mean for Detroit. Another look. We're, we're, we we discussed it earlier. They they might go after um, yes for Detroit. Sorry, uh, they might go after DeAndre and I, I still expect they will. But this, Duran could be six eleven. Could be the center of the future. Um, those you know big men develop a little slower. He's probably of a, of the rim running type. Uh, I don't know that he's going to be a, a floor spacer, but I thought that worked for them. The Knicks are the Knicks cleared cap space, which they is one of their intended goals because they want to go hard after Jalen Brunson, who everybody believes will resign <laughs> in um, in Dallas. But they started to clear out some cap space to make a run for him. So I don't think it was an out of character move for the Knicks. Um, I'm just not sure it's the move I would have made necessarily. Yeah, I like the the trade aspect of it with the Thunder a lot to get uh, three future first round picks, and they're all protected. Uh, but but the varying range of the protection, those could end up a decent group of picks. Um, Oklahoma City is just so overflowing with picks that it's not the worst idea if you really like a player to combine yeah. some of them and overpay, and that's the Knicks' benefit. I don't like Usman Jang like that, but if the Thunder do more power to him, maybe they'll be right. Uh, you know, who knows? Yeah. But I, I don't love the aspect of turning around and using one of those picks uh, in a way to and then to uh, to unload Kemba Walker. I just I just don't know what the Knicks are going to be doing with this cap space. I like Jalen Brunson as a player. He's a fine player. I don't think he's changing the trajectory of the Knicks. Uh, no, I'd be I'd be far more encouraged if they were loading up on draft picks. I did not view this as a strong draft. I thought. 
as, as low as I was on the top group. I thought there was a big drop after the first seven players drafted. So if I can trade the number 11 pick for three future first round picks, even protected like they were, that to me looked like a home run. Maybe uh, it's been, but I don't know what years they were. Um, uh, you, I know. So it, I know. By so the way, was, people have yeah. been really for people who don't know, people have been really protective of the twenty twenty three picks because that's a potentially very good draft and very top heavy. If you if you've got high picks next year, nobody wants to give them up because there's multiple potential franchise guys out there. Yeah. So these were all protected enough to the point that uh, you're not going to land. You can't land the number one pick and get yeah. Victor Wenbayama with with them. Um, one was from Detroit, one was from Denver, one was from Washington, uh, with varying degrees of give or take lottery protection, but uh, some different ranges depending on the year. Um, and then one ends up going to Charlotte. Uh, obviously, I think the Pistons had a sense that they could do this uh, because that, that first round pick, that Bucks first round pick, they got in the Jeremy Grant trade with the Trailblazers that none of us thought was that good of a pick. Uh, that pick gets involved in this trade the Pistons probably knew what that pick's value was yeah uh, with this trade I would um, agree. yeah are there any other aspects of this draft that you want to talk about that we haven't gotten to not not really i um there were a lot of trades i mean there were a lot of trades but it was like i said i just felt more lateral than 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 what I think I expected coming in. I expected more kind of outside of Boncaro going number one. I'm not sure what the the shock value was, the surprise. And I thought, I thought there'd be bigger names on the move. So that, that said, I, I like we said, I think teams draft. It felt like they drafted pretty smartly. Um, we may look back on this in three years and scoff at that idea, at least in a couple of cases. So we'll see. All right, so that's it for the draft, but we do have to cover one last thing. You've gone this whole podcast without saying his name. I'm sure that's intentional, but too bad. Kyrie Irving, <laughs> still on the nets. Nothing here. I wonder with like the Knicks bid to open cap space, is it possible it's for Kyrie Irving? I think it's got to. They've. I think they've got to be thinking about it, right? Because of the teams mentioned, um, I've. I've heard there's mixed reports out there. Um, I heard the Clippers were not that thrilled, or at least you were going to have to blow them away to get them involved. Um, They like their team. And even though they have, in some ways of everybody mentioned, that might be the easiest sign and or well, opt in and trade to make happen just because they're so balanced and have so many guys making around, you know, between 10 and 20 million that it's not that hard to put this together. Um, I'm not sure that they want to put it together. The Lakers would love to – I wouldn't even say love to put it together. I, Dan, they don't have a choice. Like if they want to improve, like their options are pretty limited. They should absolutely go after this, but I just don't know how you put the deal together. The Knicks are the ones who – I don't know if Kyrie wants to be there, but I mean, put the, if you put them on that list, the you could find a way to make this work in some way, and I think that they could use him a lot. So – um, I still think ultimately he resigns. I still think this is just negotiations, but and a very public kind of game of chicken. But it's Kyrie, and if one guy was going to walk away from the money, if one guy was willing to play chicken like that, it, it'd be Irving. I agree. I agree on both counts that that he probably winds up with the Nets. But man, there is a lot of smoke around this uh, enough where 
I yeah. do think you have to take the possibility well, and, of him leaving seriously. And again, I just don't think it's it's you know even people I've talked to around the league, if you just because that don't aren't directly involved, they're all like, man. I'd say this would get it done because this is just, it makes too much sense for them. They need each other. Like it makes a lot of sense to pull this together, but it's Kyrie. Like just nobody knows, right? Like the, the, and I think somebody wrote this. I might've been, I don't know, Woj or Shams or somebody writing on this the other day, basically said this too. And I've, I've thought this, it's tempting to say there's no chance he'd give up $30 million and to play for the Lakers for 6 million I don't know if it's no chance with Kyrie. Like, I don't think it's a big chance. I still don't think he's – I think he, he might be a little out there, but I don't think he's stupid. I don't think he's leaving $30 million on the table. But it's – in his case, is it totally off the table? I mean, there's no question. Kyrie Irving giving up $30 million to to go change teams, that'd be crazy. Yeah, it would be. It would be. And I don't even think he'd do that. I don't – I think he wants to opt in at the very least – and find a deal, um, which is the easiest way to make it work f- with most of these teams. Um, but it's still, by the way, if, if you're the Nets and he opts in, do you have to play ball? Not at all. You can trade him. You have complete control if he opts in. I don't know what the, the trade market is going to be. I mean, you can keep him and play out the year. I don't know if the Nets would hate that. They clearly don't want him on a long-term contract. Having them locked in for one more year, uh, there are far worse things for Brooklyn. Uh, I don't think that's a bad outcome for them at all. His player option deadline is June 29th, um, so we're we're definitely going to watch for that. That's before free agency, quote-unquote, starts, but this is why it starts now. Uh, You you alluded to the opt-in and trade. It's worth saying a sign-and-trade would hard cap whichever team gets him, and that's obviously a huge issue for teams like the Clippers, the Lakers, uh, the Knicks could get maybe the 76ers, right? Then the Knicks could do it that way. The Knicks may be able to open enough cap space to sign him directly. Um, but an opt in and trade does not trigger a hard cap. So this is going to play out early. It's going to play out before June 29th. A lot of Kyrie Irving's options will go away on June 29th. And so the whole process starts early. Uh, we are past the draft. Well, are we are into. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you suggesting there might be tampering? The, the teams and players are talking before the deadline? I would never. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. It's one thing falling in love with a house, picturing yourself moving in and calling it home, and quite another navigating the world of price negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. An agent who's a Realtor can make understanding that world easier. Realtors have the expertise, access to proprietary data, and tools to help you get from imagining living somewhere to actually doing it. That's the kind of help we can provide. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors.